So we're in the book of Ephesians. Y'all having a good time with me as we study the book of Ephesians? We might be here the rest of the year, but it's good. Hallelujah. And so if you remember, we left off in Ephesians 4, and we were talking about endeavoring to keep unity. How many know unity is good? God doesn't work in chaos. He does like unity. How many know everything working real good in heaven? And Jesus prayed what? Father, your will be done on earth. And one of the wills is that he remembered Jesus even said, Father, we are one. So that's unity. And he said, make them one. How many of you know that's a whole lot of still needing done? <laughs> Making them one. And so we talked about unity and uh, where there's unity. That's where the Lord commands. That's a big word. The Lord commands the blessing. So he really likes unity. Hallelujah. And so that's something we strive for around here, to walk together in unity. And how do you walk together in unity? Well, you know, um, they were all in the upper room in unity in one accord. Um, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 5, when they dedicated the temple, they were, the Bible says the, the singers and the trumpeter were as one. And what does that mean? They were in unity. And they all said, for the Lord is good. Let's just practice that. And we say, for the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. And then what happened? The glory fell. God falls in unity. They were in the upper room. They were all in unity in one accord. And what happened? Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. Does the atmosphere matter? Well, it matters to the Lord. Remember when he went to raise Jairus' daughter from the dead? And remember, uh, he said, she's not dead, but she's asleep. And what did they do? They laughed him. So what was the, the atmosphere was messed up. So what did he do? Kick him out. Oh, don't do that. Well, Jesus did. And then Peter learned. Amen. He just didn't always just open his mouth. He learned too. Because remember when he went to raise Dorcas? Remember? What happened? He kicked them all out. The atmosphere matters. Amen. And I told you this, we're not going to preach this again, but you can at least control the atmosphere when you're by yourself in your car. You ought to be able to control the atmosphere in your home. Well, my teenagers, who's the boss at your house? You and Jesus? Or have they taken over? Praise the Lord. Well, you can, how can you control it at work? Well, if you have a cubicle. Uh, or whatever you do. Maybe you don't have that. But, you know, there is some atmosphere that you can, you can take charge of. Amen. Thank God for unity. Do you understand the Lord likes it? You understand the Lord likes it? So if the Lord likes it, who hates it? Because where there's envy and strife, what it, isn't, that is the opposite of unity. Where there's strife, and this is a big word, there's every. God doesn't exaggerate. The Bible doesn't exaggerate. There's every evil work. So don't you think it's strange when the devil tries to come and mess with your marriage? Try to mess with a business partner. Try, try to mess with a friend. Try to mess where God puts you in church. Try to mess with where God has you serving. Try, try to mess. Don't let the devil mess. Keep, that's why he said keep 
the unity. Well, we, we, we preached it pretty good. Hallelujah. But that's why here in Ephesians, it's so rich. So let's look on. So Ephesians chapter 4, let's start at um, verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So he's talking about grace, and that grace there is serving grace. And if you're coming on Sunday mornings, you know we've been talking about that. Wherefore he said, wherefore he ascended up on high, and he led captive, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? So we're not going to talk about, you know, Jesus went down, preached to the captives, raised up from the dead. But I want you to get right here. It says, and he, dis- he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Let's keep on reading. We're going to come back. For uh, the perfecting, uh, we talked a little bit about this on Sunday morning, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into unity, and we looked at that last week, of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or mature man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth would be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But, speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every part joint supplies according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, maketh increase in the body into the edifying of itself in love. Ooh, that's a lot. But we're going to look at this, and we're going to start with, he gave, so there, So we need to start with this. And I want to tell you this, I, I've thought about it in 30 years of pastoring. I don't think I've ever ministered what I'm about to minister to you on a Sunday or a Wednesday. I've saved this for Bible Institute. I've saved this for ministering to ministers. But, and I, almost, I really was going to skip over it and go to verse um, 17. And the Holy Ghost said, uh-uh. He said, I want you, these are Wednesday night folk, they're ready. All right, and so I want to teach it a little different than how I would teach it to a minister, but these are things you absolutely must know for the last days. These are things you must absolutely know so that you can function within the body of Christ, so that you can receive all that God has for you. So there are five gifts. How many of you know every one of you has a gift? You have a grace gift. But, you know, most of the body of Christ is not called to the fivefold ministry. All right. Now you may be sitting in this room and you may be called to the fivefold ministry. And if that's true, we have a Bible Institute for you to start in to prepare to get doctrine. But that's not the only, that's not just what Bible Institute is for. It's for everybody. I said it's for everybody. Who, who's a graduate of Bible Institute? You ought to grab a hold of somebody who didn't raise your hand and help them get there tonight. Hallelujah. Because it'll change your life. But but So we do that in Bible Institute. We talk about this to help those who are called and those to receive, but I'm going to do it for you tonight. So this is a preview of something you might get in Bible Institute. There are five-fold ministry gifts. I first saw this from my big brother in the faith, Mark Brzee, and I think he learned it from John Osteen. You all know Joel Osteen, but Joel's daddy, John. And so the five-fold ministry gift is like a hand. You got your apostle, you got a prophet, you got an evangelist, you got a pastor, you got a teacher. And so we'll start with the teacher. The teacher is the small because the teacher gets in your ear. We've had, we have some great teachers that come here. we got one in January coming. His name is Rick Renner. 
he is a teacher of teachers. After he is done teaching, sometimes I don't ever want to teach again. Hallelujah. But I know I have to. He's just so gifted. He is a teacher teacher. Just amazing. He did pastor, but he was a pastor teacher. And he just, mm. but what does he do? He gets in your ears. He teaches you things in a way that takes you to a really deep place to make you understand something. He's a teacher. Now, this is the ring finger. That's the pastor's finger. Now, I want to tell you this. I want to tell you very boldly. God never promised you an apostle. He never promised you a prophet. He never promised you an evangelist. He never promised you a teacher. But he said, I will give you a shepherd after my own heart. So uh, you don't need to look for an apostle or a prophet. They're in the body of Christ. But everybody, I have one and you need one. And, I, I, you know, if I am yours, if we are yours, then we are uh, uh, charged with being a good under-shepherd to you from the word of God. But God never promised you a church. He never promised you a fabulous children's ministry. He never promised you an excellent worship team. What he did promise you is a shepherd after his own heart. So you're supposed to find your shepherd, your man or woman of God who is your shepherd that you can submit to, that you can learn from so that they, because remember the Lord said it, that do it so, and, and do it well so, you know, do, so that they can pastor you with joy. And you all are joy. Hallelujah. And I mean that. And uh, so the middle finger is um, the evangelist because it reaches the furthest. What is a true evangelist? Well, we only have one example in the entire New Testament. His name's Philip. Why do we only get one? I believe he did it all. What is an evangelist? Well, a true evangelist is really more of a preacher. More of a preacher. Uh, what do they preach? Jesus Christ crucified and him raised from the dead. You can give them any scripture and they're going to tell you get saved. And they don't need a crowd, but they're good in a crowd. You see, Philip is an example. He was preaching to a city in Samaria and all of them got born again, got water baptized. He called for help and they came down and helped him get him filled with the Holy Ghost. But he was real good at getting them saved, and he was good at getting them water baptized. He could have got them filled with the Holy Ghost, but he called for help. And then he left all of them because the Lord told him to and went to one very rich man from Ethiopia. And that one man, remember what happened. He was reading, and he said, I can't understand this. And what did he do? He took a scripture in Isaiah, and he preached Christ to him. And then what happened? He got him water baptized. And then what happened, if you can study even church history, that man went back and told the queen, and everybody there got excited about Jesus. So thank God for the evangelist. Now listen, you are all ministers of reconciliation. You are all called to the harvest. What a good evangelist will do when he comes to church is make us feel like we got to get up and do something. Amen. So an evangelist. Then you got the prophet. What is a prophet? The prophet points. So the prophet, now listen to me. In our circles, listen, listen, everybody listen. In order to be a prophet, you first have to be a preacher or a teacher. So if someone says they're a prophet and you say, well, what are you preaching on? They say, well, I don't preach. They're not a prophet. What subjects you've been preaching on? None. I just prophesy. <laughs> warning, warning. Because you can prophesy by familiar spirits. Just because somebody knows stuff, don't make them, just because they're accurate. Accuracy is not the way you judge prophecy. 
And so if someone's a real prophet, they're a preacher or a teacher of the word of God. There, isn't, there are no prophets um, who are not called, you know, someone who prophesies that does, and in our circle sometimes, people who are proficient at giving exhortation, edification, or comfort, we automatically think they're prophets. They are not. A prophet is someone who is called of God, who preaches and teaches, and then is used in the uh, manifestations of the Spirit. And then you got an apostle. What's an apostle? An apostolos is a sent one. What does a sent one do? Well, a sent one is usually sent to a city, sent to a region, sent to a nation. Um, they are maybe today, along the f- flags on the wall, modern day, what we would call missionaries. But they're sent ones. And they have some, uh, to be a real apostle, to be a sent one, the Lord has to personally send you somewhere. You don't go and ask him to bless it. They're sent there. They have orders from God. God directly sends them there. So that's why a person can be sent an apostle to a city. And how many of you know it's not a business card? When I first moved here, over in the storefront, I remember I was about, I don't know, two or three months in, um, maybe a little longer, and I had a group of guys come to me, and they knocked on the, the storefront door, and I said, hey, what you got? And they're like, uh, we just wanted to come meet you. We're the apostles of this region, and we need you to submit to us. That's what I did. Whoa. I'm young, but I ain't ignorant. I looked at him and I said, nope. I said, I have someone I'm submitted to. I have a pastor. I've been sent here by God. Love you and appreciate you, but I'm not submitting to you. They got mad and left. I never saw them again. But listen, there can be some crazy out there. There can be some crazy. Sometimes it starts very well-meaning. It does. So I'm not making fun of, even if you thought I was. Because it, it, it's... It, it, Because error really hurts the body. And, you know, we all don't know everything. And maybe they were just trying to do the best. They heard something, they ran with it. But I knew better because of where I was taught. Um, I do have a pastor, though. His name is Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Wayne Hagin. That's my pastor. And I'm submitted to him. And Miss Lynette. We are. Um, So we're not out here on our own. If we got in trouble... As a matter of fact, it's just interesting, you know, when Pastor Rhonda had that thing happen to her up in Illinois, the Lord gave it to Miss Lynette, our pastors. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I don't have time to look at it, but she got sung by Yellow Jacket. She had a reaction. Miss Lynette had, ju- had texted her and said, I prayed for you today. And when Pastor Rhonda got stung, as we were walking away from the funeral, the first thing that came to my heart was Lynette prayed. So I, we just joined our, and I think if we hadn't done that, um, I might have dismissed it. It's just a bee sting. But I really believe that that instigated our faith to grab a hold. Don't take this lightly. And we did. So thank God for pastors. And all the time around here, even though the church is getting bigger, Pastor Belinda, who's over pastoral care, and Pastor JC helps her, every once in a while, I'll say, you need to check on so-and-so. Sometimes now, because the church is growing, I don't even know your name. So I'd, we have, I need your picture. Because I can describe you. And I'm like, check on them. Check on them. So, so, so see this guy right over here? He's going to take your picture. Hallelujah. And it's not because you're so beautiful, which you are. But it helps the staff and I, when, especially when, that, when I get something. And it doesn't go anywhere. It just it stays internal. 
but it's for us, and, when we, and we pray over you. And so, it's, and so when we do that, even on, i got to hurry, even when we do that um, on Mondays, we, uh, we're, not, we're doing something a little different now, but we're going to pick back up very soon. We'll get your pictures out. We divide them up between the 16 or 17 of us, and we pray over you. And it's good to have a picture with that instead of just a name. But the Lord give me stuff, and I'll have her check on it. So if she's checking, a lot of times that's because I told her to check. The church is never going to get too big for the Holy Ghost. He knows everything about you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows how to help you. This is not what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. But um, uh, I'm going to say it again. Uh, I had it on my heart. Eric just popped up on my heart one day. Eric, our guitar player over there. Wave your hand, Eric. So they can tell you I'm telling the truth. So I just had it on my heart. We were praying. So I called all the staff together. All my staff knows how to pray. Um, even the, the people that, that clean are called to the ministry. They're just here training. Everybody on my staff knows how to pray. And so, I, so when we get together, I prayed some stuff out, and I told Pastor Rondo, I'm like, I don't have a release. I, knew, I had begun to know who it was. And I said, I see a truck, I see a load, I see a horrible accident. So go call him. And he had a truck and he had a load. And I don't know, remember everything now because it's been so while, but he checked it. One of the straps were loose. And the load would have shifted. But he's still playing the guitar. Hallelujah. I mean, what if he had even gotten an accident and got his good hand hurt or something? You know what I mean? Ain't God good? Well, I want the Lord to do that for me. Well, one of the things you got to do is go to next steps and join and get under. Because I can either be a teacher to you or I can be a pastor to you. And there's nothing wrong with you receiving me as a teacher. You need to be taught. But there's a different level when you're talking pastoring. Because that is you saying, this is where I belong. And there's a hook up there. But we're talking about apostles, aren't we? And so, but that's all good. Thank God for utterance. You prayed, right? You prayed. So what does the apostle do? So the sent one. But the apostle is the only one that can touch all the offices. So an apostle, a true apostle, has signs and wonders. A true apostle can, should be a teacher because they're a pioneer. They're going to start a church. You see, the apostle Paul, he cared for many churches. But he didn't pastor them all forever. He just started them. He left the church in Ephesus, which was big to him. This is like a baby to him. He left it to Timothy to pastor. And so these gifts. But let's move on. So what is so every one of these gifts are going to do these things. If anyone who says they have a gift and they're not doing these things, they need to get back to doing these things. And the Lord really, uh, me. As Sunday morning, and again, for the perfecting of the saints, verse 12, for the work of the ministry. So all fivefold ministry gifts should get the body of Christ working. I appreciate that one. Amen. Can you see that? Every, every apostle, every prophet. Every evangelist, every pastor, every teacher. The thing they do is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. It's not for the fivefold work of the ministry. Their work is to get you to do the work. 
You're all, you've all got a grace in your mother's womb. God gave you something to do. You're important. I said, you're important. I said, you're important. You have a supply of the spirit. And it's our job to, um, the word is kartismos. It's kartismos, perfecting, kartismos. What does it mean? Uh, it means it's like a, craft, a craftsman who has a special gift and talent to make something beautiful. So our job is to kartismos you, to perfect you for the work of the ministry. And what happens when you get in the ministry? What happens when you serve one another? What happens when you love one another? The world take, pays attention. The glory of God comes and you are edified. Amen. You are built. It's good to be edified. Yeah. Verse 13, till we all come into unity. So the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, not just the pastor. We all come. We make everything come in unity. And so the Lord would never send someone uh, in like an itinerant, a prophet, a, a, an evangelist or a teacher in somewhere into someone's church to cause chaos. To plow crosswise. What do I mean by that? Well, the Holy Ghost knows his pastors, and even if his pastor is wrong, unless it's someone over them and the Lord, he's not going to send someone to correct them or, or you to cause chaos. All right. Till we all come in unity. Everybody say unity. Unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God unto a mature man. So my job is to grow you up. How's that going? Well, I think it's going pretty good. To grow you up. How are you going to get grown up around here? Go to Bible Institute, come to church on Sunday, come to church on Wednesday, and serve. And love one another, and help one another, and be there for one another, and pray for one another, and give to one another, and love one another, and love one another, and love one another. When someone walks in here and they see you all loving on one another, serving one another, helping one another, believing with one another, praying for one another, they're going to go, I want to come to this one another church. Hallelujah. To a mature man and to the measure and the stature of the fullness. When you see that, you know, the growing up into Jesus. But also, that's the glory again. That's the presence of God. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children. What's my job? Is to make sure you don't stay a child. What's your job with your natural children? How many of you know when they get to a certain age, they ought to be able to make good decisions, good choices, know who to hang with, know who not to hang with, know they shouldn't get in a stranger's car, know they shouldn't hang out with those kids, know, they, know that they should do their homework, know they should pay their bills, know they should be on time, know they shouldn't lie to nobody, know they should respect certain people. That's our job as parents to get them there. Well, my job as a parent, our job as a parent is to grow you up. Why? Because if you stay a child, and unfortunately in the body of Christ, people are staying on milk. Milk is great. Are you grateful for the milk of the word? And you'll still get some milk around here on Sunday mornings. Because we got some people that got born again last Sunday. The Holy Ghost is a master teacher. He's a master teacher. He'll give milk to someone while he's giving some bread to somebody else, while he's giving some honey to somebody else, while he's giving some meat to somebody else. Those are all types of the word. Sometimes you just need some honey. Hallelujah. But a lot of times you need some meat. Why? Because if not, you'll be tossed to and fro. In the hour we live in, there's a lot of tossing going on. What's the purpose of the church? What's the purpose of the ministry? What's the ministry supposed to be giving you? It's all listed right here. 
so that you won't be carried about with a wind of doctrine. What's a wind? A wind of doctrine is a good doctrine pushed to an extreme. A wind of doctrine. Taking something and making it everything. Amen. Prophecy is right. But everybody doesn't have to go around prophesying to everybody every service. It can get out of order. A Holy Ghost church is not a a church of uh, disorder. The Holy Ghost is very ordered because heaven is very ordered. Uh, So we don't want to be tossed. Toss my salad, but don't toss me. Carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. There are some people on purpose who want to deceive the body of Christ. And how do you keep from being deceived? You let a true apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher instruct you in the word. Well, I just don't need anybody. It's just me and Jesus. You're wrong. You're absolutely 100% wrong. It's not just you and Jesus. That is not the way this is designed. I can just go in the woods and be doing with me and Jesus. You're wrong. You are absolutely wrong. You're supposed to, as you see the day approaching, you're supposed to gather together more. Not the lesser that's going on now, the more. Why? So we can provoke one another. Come on, and you, and you can't provoke folks you don't know. I don't need, if you don't know me, don't be provoking me. But if you know me and I need provoked, provoke away. Amen? People wanted to see. Verse 15. <laughs> but speaking the truth in love, which is what I'm doing right now. Hallelujah. You may grow up. Everybody say, I'm growing up. Come on, y'all. It's good to grow up. I said, it's good to grow up. It's good to grow up. It's good to mature. Mature people can handle some things of God that people who are still on milk can't. We need to grow up. Everybody say again. Say, I'm growing up. (laughs) And to all things and to him and all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16. From whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted. You are all joined together and compacted. And every joint has a, every part of you has a supply. So if you withhold, if you don't put your part in, then there's some supply that's missing. In order for this body and the body of Christ as a whole to really go, everybody needs to be doing the thing that God created them to do when they're in their mother's womb before they did anything right or wrong. Everybody's got something to do. So uh, every joint supplies according to the effectual working, the measure of every part makes increase in the body. And that's not just talking about number increase. That's talking about revelation increase. That's talking about uh, the gifts of the Spirit increase. That's talking about everything that God does. It makes increase to the body of Christ by, by edifying of itself in love. Can I get an amen? amen? Woo, that's glorious. Hallelujah. So once again, our job, my job, Pastor Rhonda's job, my staff who are pastor's job, any apostle's job, any prophet's job, any evangelist's job, any teacher's job is to do these things. Prepare people, God's people for works of service. To build up the body of Christ. Bring people together in unity in the faith and a comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God. Our job is to mature the saints. My job is to mature the saints. Oh, my job is to mature the saints, and I'm going to say this, and don't write me any letters, and my friends don't call. My job is to mature the saints, not to tell you who to vote for. Like it or lump it, that's what my, this is my job. Do I know who I think I, you should all vote for? Maybe. Not these days, but maybe. 
But it's not my job. My job is to mature you so you can make quality decisions based on the word of God. There, I said it. Hallelujah. I know I'm different than everybody else. Let the dogs bark because the, the train's moving. My job is to mature you. And the only way I know to mature you is with the word, not my opinion. I've got them, and mine are right. I know what I'm talking about. Because every man's ways are right in their own mind. Let me bring it back to Scripture. Isn't that true, though? Every man's ways are right in their own mind. But, you know, when it comes to that, y'all just pray. Believe God. Don't vote what anybody tells you to except the Holy Ghost. Does he care? He does care. Because we as a nation are supposed to be exporting the gospel to the world. And if we busy all messed up, we can't do one of the calls that are on this nation. Praise the Lord. What are we going to do? We're going to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That we're no longer infants. Everybody say, I'm growing up. I'm not going to be tossed around, right? I'm not going to be tossed around. By gusts of teaching and every wind of doctrine. Some doctrine, the Bible even talks about doctrines of demons. We don't want that. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to teach you to speak truthfully, deal truthfully, and live truthfully. I want to grow you up so you look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, and act like Jesus. And and my job is to get you in your place. And I promise the Lord through a scripture that during this next year, I'm going to get you some fertilizer. And when he comes back, he's going to find some figs on you. Figuratively speaking. Speaking. I mean, there's figgy pudding around here for everybody next year. If you know what I'm talking about, by faith say, I'm going to produce the fruits that God called me to produce. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's look at this. I'm going to teach you a different. Now I'm going to to talk to you. Do you remember um, in Acts 17, we talk about these people. Y'all ever heard of the Bereans? Let's, Let's read about them. Acts chapter 17. Acts 17. So the apostles, you know, I don't even know for sure who's preaching to them, but if all of them, I guess. Um, Paul, especially, Paul's preaching to them. And so in Acts 17, verse 10, it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night into Berea. So remember, Paul and Silas, so they're the team. So they're in Berea. Who come thither, went into the synagogue to the Jews. So they're going where the Jews are. They're going into the synagogue. Um, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. So they're comparing the two people. The Bereans are better than the Thessalonicans, but the Thessalonicans got, you know, two books. So anyway, and in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily. Now, wait a minute. There are no scriptures. What are they, what are they searching? The Old Testament, the Pentateuch, the prophets, right? The Psalms. Whatever was written. They had some stuff written. So even today, watch this. Well, you don't even, you don't need to, I've I've had preachers, some that I highly respect and used to admire. I've heard them say, you might as well just throw away the Old Testament. We're, We're under grace. We have no need for the Old Covenant. Don't spend any time there. Well, 
Jesus quoted it. Paul quoted it. And um, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill it. And there are none of the Ten Commandments that are now okay for you to do. It's not okay to lie still. Is it okay to commit adultery? Well, that might be taught in the church a little bit. We can't have any false, we can't have any other gods before. The Lord's number one. Right? I mean, they're all good. But Jesus just summed them up. He said, you'll do all ten if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your strength, your soul, your mind. And, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two, you do all ten. Right? Because if you love your neighbor, there's no adultery going on. Praise the Lord. So what are these Bereans? So that's what they were looking at. So they just, now listen to me. Even me, I know you love me. And even her, I know you love me, her. Anybody I have up here, you don't want to be critical. Now there's a difference. But you, you should never just take it. You should be able to find anything and everything we say in the word. That's why opinion is not for church. God, I've all told you all this before. Mark 16, 20. They went forth everywhere. And they preached the, and their opinions. No, they preached the word only. And the Lord worked with them, confirming their opinions. The word. So that's why we got to be people of the word. And are we word people? Then we need to stick with the word. And in order to be a Holy Ghost church, you got to be a word church. Because the word, the Holy Ghost doesn't move on anything except the word. But these people were not critical. There's, what is when you get critical? If someone said you're critical, what does that mean? They find you judgy. They find you tearing things apart. Not just for the purpose of learning, just for the purpose of being smarter than them. Or arrogant or more right. That's not who we are. The Bible says don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't be a scorner. And if someone makes a mistake, even a preacher, don't throw them away. Even I'm watching some people that I love get off a little bit. I still love them. And if they're watching, you still better love me. It's because I don't do it like you do or you don't do it like I do. I, we all agree that Jesus is the Lord and he is raised from the dead. They're our brothers and sisters, right? So don't be critical. Don't be judgy because you don't want to be judgy. Judgy people get really judged back. We're mercy people. We're compassion people. But we don't swallow false bait, hook, line, and sinker either. So there's a fine line here. Are you with me? But they, they, they received the word with all readiness of mind. So they were ready to receive. So they didn't come judgy. They came ready to receive. Right? And they searched the scriptures daily. So what are you what are, what are y'all what are y'all supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be studying the scriptures how often? To do what? See if those things are so. Every preacher you listen to, every prophet you listen to, When they minister to you, you ought to be able to find enough word to back everything they're saying up, or you ought to quit. Well, they just get on and talk and prophesy, and I enjoy it. Or they're talking about things that are current. 
well, I can't find a place in the word of God where the Bible tells the prophet to do that. Praise the Lord. Hope you all be back next week. You'll be here? Thank you. Board member will be here? All right. Hallelujah. All right. Ted, you're going to be here? All right. Hallelujah. Why am I saying this? It's just the word. I'm not going to add any opinion to it. I'm just not going to add anything to it. It's just the word. You ought to be able, when anybody preaches, anybody teaches, you ought to be able to take it back to the word. Even if they don't give you, they're not teachers, they're not line upon line. Even if they don't give you the address, you ought to be able to take what they say and find it back to the word of God. Because we have a prophet, a woman who comes here, she doesn't, she's not a line upon line teacher. But you can find everything she says, it lines up with the word of God. That's what I'm talking about. And even me, I have to watch, and I know because I'm trying to protect you. Can you, see my, can you see my shepherd staff out right now? I'm trying to protect you. Because you got too much going on to be sidelined. There's too many people around here moving in from all over the world that need to be born again. That need to be in a good church. And there's lots of good churches in our area. But the reason that all this stuff is growing around here, the Lord told me many, many years ago that it would explode. And he said, they think they're coming for jobs, but they're coming for me. But, you know, you and I have to be ready for that. Don't get sidelined. Yes, you can care. I care. I live here. I care. I care a lot. I do. But when you come here, you're going to hear the word. And everybody you listen to, listen to me, everybody ought to be, any apostle, any prophet, any evangelist, pastor, teacher you're listening to ought to do those things that I told you about in, in Ephesians. If they're not perfecting you, if they're not maturing you, if they're not making you in unity, if they're not uh, getting you ready for work, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the time to let them go, Lord. Hallelujah. Can you handle any more? Okay, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Um, so Listen. And this, you know, um, I'm teaching you, I'm, I teach this to ministers. Everything I've talked to you, I've talked to them, but harder, more blunt, in their face. Like, don't you get up. I'm harder. She can, I, I talk this way to them. I talk to our school, I talk to them this way. Because um, I want God to confirm stuff. I want him to move. I want to see his glory. I want to see his power. You know, in the modern church, you know, when people are looking for a church, they're looking for certain things. And, and I get this, and so y'all stick with me. You know, you shouldn't check, uh, select a church or even this church because we have an awesome praise and worship team. And we do. But that's not, how you, that's not why you should select this church. If you have children, your children's pastor is amazing. She sure is. Um, but you don't select a church just because your children have something to do. And you don't have to keep them in here. Um, you don't select this church because the building's nice. And they keep the air conditioning at just the right place. No, they don't. But we try. You understand what I'm saying? So when you select a pastor, if we would, get to the, if we would select things by the way God selects, Things would be a little different right now. So I teach ministers this. Chili, everything. Really, 
Um, there are 24 reasons why someone is called to the fivefold office. Not just that they were called in their mother's womb, not just that God graced them, but they have to prove themselves to God. And so there's 24 qualities and characteristics, qualifications, I call them, that you can find uh, in the Word of God. It's qualification for deacons and elders. But God would not require a fivefold ministry to be less qualified than a deacon or an elder. And so a deacon, diakonos, is one who serves. Remember, they appointed them. The church multiplied. They waited on tables, and God appointed them over this business. It was never meant to be a board. It's, it's a helps ministry, and they're servant leaders, but it's important. Elders, um, that may have to do more with fivefold ministry. Um, but, uh, you know, even at, in the beginning of the church, when someone was appointed, um, Sometimes a pastor had to be grown up to be put over there. But these are all qualifications for deacons and elders. Now, it's interesting. I don't have time. Here, I'm going to read them to you real fast. You ready? Are you ready? I'm going to read them to you real fast. Maybe. No, I'm not because I didn't print it out. But anyway, I was going to. But one of them is not a novice. What does that mean? I don't care if they were a Hollywood celebrity and they got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and they sing beautifully and they feel like they want to preach. They are not qualified. I've watched it as I've grown up. I felt so bad for people. They got born again. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. They put them all over TV and they are no more. Somebody wasn't looking out for them. Because just because you're famous... And everybody knows your name. All they did was put a big old target on their back. Two of them, I love the King James Version, apt to teach. What does that mean? You don't even got to be good. <laughs> Just apt. I qualify. Hallelujah. Hold the deeper truths. In other words, you can't be a milk person. You got to be a meat person. So those three of the 24. So you got one, you can't be a novice. Two are spiritual. One is apt to teach. The other is you just got to hold on to, to, to sincere truth. But the other, 22, the other 21 that God's interested in are all character issues. They're all character. So if we selected ministers based on 21 issues of their character, not their personality, not how good they can... Put on a show, but just their character. Now, it takes a minute to get to know somebody's character. And uh, really, when you meet somebody, you don't know their character. You have to be led by the Holy Ghost. But, you know, hopefully if someone's been around a minute or two, um, you can ask other people about their character. But you just have to trust the Lord. But the Lord doesn't really put people. So there's a lot of people that the Lord didn't put in the ministry. Especially these days. You know, I remember when um, the Lord told us to do, when lo local cable TV was a thing. Um, the Lord told us to go on local cable TV here, and we taught for half an hour. We didn't use our church service because we weren't equipped like this, so we taped. And we would go places like uh, restaurants, and people would come up to us, and they're like, oh, I watch you on TV. And they would be like, oh, my gosh, you're so amazing. And then Pastor Ronald would look at him and she'd say, for $30 a week, you can be on TV too. 
In other words, it's not that big a deal. We're just obeying God. Yeah, it's not that price anymore. That tells you how long ago it was. And it doesn't work anymore. But I'm just saying, God's ways are different than our ways. And really, God's ways are different than church ways. One more. Hallelujah. Well, I've had a good time. Have you? Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 4. We just may read it and go. First Timothy chapter 4. I really want to get this to you. So this is what? Not to make you critical. Not to make you judgy. Especially judgy of me. But you're responsible. You're responsible not only what you get here. You're responsible what you're watching and who you're watching. With what attitude and are they given real word? First Timothy chapter 4. I charge you therefore God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead to preach the word. So to the preachers, to me, to the preachers, what is he saying? Preach the word. Be in, preach the what? The word. Be instant in season, out of season. Then, these are great. Reprove, rebuke. Well, that's not fun. Exhort. So two of the three are interesting. Reprove, not that I get up here and correct you, but the word is like going to a chiropractor. I don't know if some of you don't like chiropractors, but I like the chiropractor. What do you get? You get adjusted. So the word should always be adjusting you. Because we're growing up. How I many you know sometimes with growing there, we're growing pains. We're growing up. And it's exhorting. With all what? Doctrine. Everybody say doctrine. Doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They'd rather hear something else. But after their own lust, they shall heap unto themselves teachers. I used to read this wrong, believe this wrong, think this wrong. I used to blame the teachers. But really it's the people won't put up with anything except for what they want to hear. And it draws the teacher. It draws them. So this is, this is on y'all. Of course, that don't happen around here, right? I'm not an ear scratcher. I'm not an ear scratcher. <sighs> Second Timothy 4. There you go. Where are we at? And they're going to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You ain't got no itching ears, right? And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables, stuff that is not the word of God. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. So he's talking to him because he's a, a, a pastor. Do the work of the evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. And now I'm ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that's, that was 2 Timothy. Then 1 Timothy, which I gave you, and they had it probably right, and I went the wrong direction. This 1 Timothy, I ain't got time. But here it just talks about, um, let's see, I do want to get to one. Um, 
Verse 3, 1 Timothy 6, 3. Let's just look at that. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. So are we supposed to be looking at the words of our Lord Jesus Christ? And to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words. Wherefore, of envy, strife, railings, and evil surmisings, perverse disputings uh, of men and corrupt uh, minds, destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw yourself. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are in here. Um, then even 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. <laughs> I said I was going to give you one more. That's, I'm on my third one, right? Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 4. I mean, um, uh, Verse 6, good doctrine. Verse 13, good doctrine. Verse 16, doctrine. Doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine is just simply the word of God. And most of our doctrine is found in the epistles. But all the word of God is good. All the word of God is good. Yes, you need to understand sometimes who he's talking to and who he's not talking to. But all the word of God is good. And good doctrine, one of the biggest compliments a friend who comes and preaches here said to me because she heard us preach it somewhere else or heard me preach somewhere else. She said, I'm so amazed to watch. And I'm not saying look at me. I just wanted you to understand this. She said, all you ever do is preach doctrine and then God moves. I was like, uh-huh. well, I didn't know there was another way. Good doctrine. Good doctrine will keep you safe. It makes me wonder what they preach. Anyway, but <laughs> good doctrine. Do I, do I know everything? I'm still learning. Still learning. Still learning. I'm still learning from my mentor, even though he's been gone a long time. He puts me to sleep sometimes at night, not because I, I want to. I try to listen to him, but sometimes I go to sleep listening to him because his voice just soothes me. Hallelujah. But we never get done learning. You're never going to get done learning. And we don't want to be critical. Don't, please don't walk out of here and say, Pastor Mark's right. We need to be, shut everybody off and tell everybody they're wrong. And no, he didn't say that. He just said about you. Good doctrine for you. You study. You read the word. You look at things. And if I might say it a little different than where you came from, just stick around. Don't throw it away. And I can't cover everything in one service. And there's a lot of topics that have many sides to the mountain. And it really just depends on how you look at it. So, praise the Lord.